Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to Breaking Down the Doors. Joe Rexrode and Adam Sparks are going to break it down. We talk three teams today, Adam. Three Vanderbilt teams of relevance right now. Of course, uh, there's also stuff percolating on the athletic director front and things like that. But I guess you know we can hold off until something actually happens there. But let, let's start with football, Adam. It's uh, it's a huge week. It's a huge finish. It's a four and six team that should not be four and six, in my opinion. And another tough loss. You were there, Columbia, Missouri, 21-10, 28-19 leads. Turns into a 33-28 loss. Uh, and, you know, I think the, the the comment after the game, Adam, that was maybe most telling, what, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, what, same thing all year, right? Same, same, same story all same year. Same story, yeah. Same story all season. There was Jared Pinckney, the tight end, frustrated, obviously. You know, you know I'm writing something for today that will be on the site about – this isn't the same story all season. It's the same story for many seasons. Now, if you just look at the Derek Mason tenure, he's 3-11 and in SEC games decided by a single margin. So you're talking about a game that's nip and tuck down to the wire, 3-11. and now, He's got some close wins over the years, but it's to, mostly to MTSU and to TSU in Western Kentucky and Charleston Southern and on down the list. You know, they get close in games against good teams. They they typically lose them. Now, historically, and I'll have this in the story back several years, historically, any Vandy fan knows that's kind of the the tale a lot of years. Like, almost. That's a Vandy yeah. trait. Yeah, boy, a long-time just, fan will tell just you. Just these four games. Boy, that 4-8 that and eight team would have been 8-4 and four if just these four games. So that, that happens a lot. But, you know, eventually you got to figure out how to solve it. This year, you know, I think you can put them in different categories. The Notre Dame game was, I mean, that's a, what's now a top five team, maybe number three, I think. And, uh, you know, you played well in the second half, had a rally, didn't finish it off. That's fine. Kentucky was a tied game in the fourth, and you couldn't finish it. because And, of the you, fourth and you had ample opportunities to take a lead in that yes. game and messed it up. In Missouri, you lead for more than three quarters, and you can put the game away with a, a goal line play, and then you give up – you don't get it. You get a 99-yard – give up a 99-yard drive and just kind of a debacle there late in that game. So that, that's two – you. You should have won, but I think this one hurts more than any because Missouri is okay. It's got an offense, but this is a very, very winnable game. And Vandy outplayed Missouri for most of the game, but it all came down to that. I mean, you and I agree, it came down to that one flip of the the goal line play or the goal lines, the goal line lack of plays. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Derek Mason's presser this week. I mean, I asked him in general about short yardage, but he took it to that series. And you know, again, there, it's personnel and it's play calling and to make the point for anyone who doesn't know Keyshawn Vaughn fell on the ball so you know he's gonna miss a play or two yeah so so Keyshawn Vaughn broke like a 42 yard run got him down to I think the three yard line he fell on the ball knocked the wind out of him you could see he was a little dazed coming up but just you know set out a few plays sits out first down at the three sits out second down sits out third down comes in in the fourth 
Forced down and goal from the one, dives over the top, can't get in by about a half a foot. Okay, he's he's beat up a little bit. He's got to stay out for a couple plays, maybe not three, but a couple. If you're in that situation, I think the reasonable criticism is, well, if your best player is not available, then why not go somewhere else? Uh, don't run the ball up the middle with Kari Blassen game three straight plays. Maybe try it once, but you've got an NFL caliber tight end. At Jared Pinckney, you've got Kalaja Lipscomb, who has made his career out of red zone catches. You've got other options there besides trying to just run it into the teeth of the defense. Once doesn't work, okay. Twice, you, you don't try it three times. Well, and I thought, I mean, I kind of thought, and again, that's why, I mean, the question was about, I mean, there was, a, you know, we've talked about the sequence at Georgia, and maybe it doesn't matter anyway, but. I think way too many times I get the sense from this coaching staff that we should be able to get a yard. We want to get a yard. I hate that mindset. I don't care. And it, and it reminds me of that was the one big criticism I thought was really fair about Mike Malarkey and the Tennessee Titans is they had that third and one. Well, we're going to line up. And we're going to get that yard on you. Well, if NFL defenses know that's what you're going to do, they'll stop you. And they did usually. And I think if you're Vanderbilt, you also should know that, a lot of these teams you're playing are more athletic than you are. And I just feel like, I mean, like even have some motion or something in, in uh, pre-snap, I just I can't believe that they actually tried to slam it four times in a row. And I think it was kind of, that was kind of the culmination of a lot of these other, you know, of, of this issue. And and I think De- it is an issue. And with Derek, your question was, was this too conservative, right? Wasn't that the word? Yes, Yes. Conservative, and his answer, I thought, kind of beat around the bush a little bit, but he eventually answered it. That's what you call it, man. We're just trying to punch it in. I mean, we we we, we throw for it on third down, you know, and Elijah winds up getting the touchdown. We come back. We have opportunities trying to get key back on the field, you know, man, and try to get our best player, uh, you know, offensively, man, in the football in a critical situation. And, you know, man, don't get it now. Could we have been in a different formation? Could we have done something different? Yeah. Did we give it to our best player? Yeah. So when it's all said and done, uh, I'm – uh, you can you can say that you could have changed it, but best player had the ball. We didn't get it in, and you know, is it a factor in that ball game? Yes, but we had plenty of other factors that contributed to that. That that was just another big one. So I mean, it's and again, like he's not wrong that there are other things. Of course not. And it's I think what happens a lot with Derek Mason is you look at the job from two vantage points. And I think on the macro level, I still – I mean, I look, they're getting these guys ready to play in these games. They bounce back every week no matter what happens in the previous game. You know, they, they play hard and they do a lot of good things. I mean, you, you know, taking a lead requires some good playing and coaching, right? I mean, so you can't dismiss all the good things – but, you know, there was also the timeout issue late in this game. And, and in other games, some, you know, there's some little coaching things that, man, I mean, you've got to – you just don't have a big margin for error at Vanderbilt. Well, and, and a lot of – you know, we, we asked Derek a lot of questions this, this week about how you get that fixed. Again, close losses. And it, I, I appreciate his honesty in listing those things and giving an explanation of those things. I mean, he listed them off, you know, missed an early field goal. If you make that field goal, you can kick a field goal at the end to win it. Not blocking at the goal line, not getting on blocks in that in that 
sequence at the goal line we talked about third down defense not adjusting there the timeout which he took blame for which which he should not not call the timeout till 20 seconds ran off the clock at the end of the game so he he takes blame for these and explains them I, I think my criticism would be there's explanation there's not a solution so he's very forthcoming of this is wrong that's wrong you know uh, today he talked a lot about depth and he said you know we we've got to get uh we've got to use our guys up in the first half went to to hold leads and to get leads and then but we have to go back to them in the second half we can't go deep down the roster and use guys that shouldn't be out there you got to play with your best guys but we don't really have he basically said we don't have a solution to that though we need more players or better players or whatever well that's not a solution so i, I feel like a lot of his explanations you come away with it and say you're right you're right that is an issue but I don't really know how you fix that before the Ole Miss game or the UT game. Yeah, watching the game Saturday, and I was, you know, actually the press box in Knoxville, and I it just struck me, you know, they did a great job of getting the ball to their three weapons. Of course, Keyshawn Vaughn, and again, if we want to talk about coaching stuff, we can also double back to earlier in the year, and it was it was asked a lot, but man, don't you think Keyshawn Vaughn should maybe get the ball a little more? He's had one seventy plus, one eighty plus in two games now. I mean, he's a tremendous talent. Keyshawn Vaughn, Elijah Lipscomb, Jer- Jared Pinkney. Is, I, I think all three will play on Sundays. I don't know at what level in terms of draft position or how prominent, but I think they're all NFL players. And I think if you went around the SEC, you're not finding a bunch of teams that have a better trio of top back, top tight end, top receiver than those three. And Kyle Shermer, senior quarterback. And to be four and six right now is just a major disappointment. It just is. And and so I, I still think, obviously, there's time to salvage this. I think if you get to a bowl game, you get to 6-6, six six, you beat Ole Miss, you beat Tennessee, that's three in a row against Tennessee. And, you know, 6-6, six and six, you could have done better, but you can look at 6-6 six and six and say, hey, it's a bowl team. That's, that's an accomplishment at Vanderbilt. And, hey, they hung in with some really good teams. You know, they were up 21-3 on Florida. They They – went to a potential playoff team here and like you said and they rallied and almost won that game you know i think you can look at the whole season a lot differently if you win the last two yeah you know the difference and i know this will come up next week but that's the difference there's a difference between tennessee and vandy in that the records are similar the results may be similar by the time they meet but tennessee is building towards something vandy it seems more like the finish line the end of the of the tail for Kyle Shermer, it is. For probably Jared Pinkney, it is, and the others. And so I think that's why there's some tension there. Because if you don't get it this year, it's going to be really hard to get to a bowl next year kind of starting over with a lot of that personnel. Now, with a brutal schedule. Yeah. And, well, now, here's the in-between. Okay, if they lose the next two, it's a failure. If they win the next two, it's a, it's a success to get back to a bowl game. If they split, if they lose to Ole Miss and beat Tennessee, there's a lot of Andy fans I know that would say, I don't, I don't love it, but I like it. That's that's fine. That's what that's what a lot of Vandy fans would say. I Be- like it. I don't love it. I guess I'd <laughs> take some more of it. <laughs> so, something like that. But you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it would be the same way as last year. I think last year going down and thumping the Vols, I think that was like a feel good finish. The team felt good. Derek Mason felt good. 
I think Vandy fans are like, hey, smoke the balls again. Feeling. I don't know if this year. I, I think there'd be less of that this nah, year. Think, but think of the infighting there. Uh, boy, Jeremy Pruitt. Hey, boy, he's got it. He, he's he, him and Phil Former. They fixed this. This is it's it's coming back. It's all back. And then Vandy to win that game. They no, it's the same as it it's been the last few. <laughs> that that would be the narrative, and that would be sweet to a lot of Vandy fans. Now, if you lose the last two, it doesn't matter. If you beat Ole Miss and then lose to Tennessee, it will hurt even more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's probably your, you know. Of course, we've been talking all year about this dream scenario: five and six against yeah. five and six, one bowl bid on the line. The state, but yeah. If you lose that, if it gets to that, and then you lose that, the, that's a the state of football punch. in this state that we're talking about the dream scenario. I know, I know. But you know what? Hey, I wrote this column. People made fun of me, Adam, but I said that the Tennessee Vandy game will be more interesting and meaningful than the Alabama Auburn game, and it's it it very well could be because that is a garbage game. That's a total blowout for Alabama. Yeah. We know this now. Yeah, it is the state of the state, but hey, at least it could be interesting. Where do you think Derek Mason is right now? Uh, I mean, we haven't really talked about this in a long time because I don't think it's I don't think it's been an issue at all. I'm not sure it is again, but I know fans, you know, fans are upset right now. There is a new athletic director who will be on the job, I think, in a pretty soon. Yeah. So, you know, what what are the stakes here for Derek Mason? Well, the last two games, the last two games mean something, mean quite a bit. Again, what we're talking about. Lose the last two, failure, win the last two, success. One and one, it depends on how you look at it. I, I, I still think, and maybe I'm being a little naive or conservative about this, but I think with that many years left on his contract, just four years coming into this season, plus an athletic director comes in, let's say later this week, next week, and then they wait out the UT game, and then they sit down with Derek Mason and talk to him, and it's the first week in December. And by the way, National Signing Day now is December 20, whatever it is. So if you're going to fire Derek Mason, you're going to come in as an AD and say, I've got to go find 12 15 whatever million dollars to pay off his contract, and I'm going to bring in a new coach, get him signed. That coach is then going to go get a signing class, which can be done. That's fine. But – you you potentially could put a new coach in a tough spot on I understand that's always going to be the case but on a maybe this is the right decision maybe it's not on top of trying to get the money to to buy him out I think it's far easier and more comfortable for an AD to come in and say go around shake everybody's hands get the hit the ground running on some things and by the way I'm going to evaluate this football coach in my first season on the job and then I can make a better call on him yeah I I, I mean I don't think there's Honestly, I don't think there's any way a new athletic director comes in and immediately fires a football coach. I just don't see it. And I don't understand there's other people here. They can think what they want. Nick Zeppos, by the way, tweeted out, like, future's bright, coach, you know, at Coach Derek Mason. Yeah, what weird timing, right? You know, there's a lot of weird timing with Nick Zeppos and, <laughs> to say and not say things. But um, I just can't see it, Adam. I don't know. I, I, I can't see – now I you know I think that if it if it doesn't go well here at the end then I think there's a legitimate quote unquote hot seat talk about Derek Mason next year and again you're losing Shermer I think I think you're losing Pinkney and Vaughn I think don't know losing, that for sure I think you're losing Pinkney I think he I think in the preseason he had already I haven't talked to Jared about this but I had the feel and the talk around the program was 
he's going to get drafted this year. He's going to make sure he gets drafted, and he's going to get drafted. He's had a great year. You think Keyshawn Vaughn might come back? Boy, you well, you and I somewhat disagree on this. You think he's gone likely? I just, I mean, if I'm a running back with that kind of ability, understanding how short the, the careers are of running backs in the NFL, man, I don't take another year of wear and tear Well, in, any in college. I'm sorry. Any player is different. Now, Keyshawn is a transfer from Illinois. I, I don't know where his academic status is right now, but – you know, some some guys you can sit down with and say, um, you're not going to go in the first three rounds. And they'll say, uh, I'm coming back then. i I, I got to be a top three-round guy. Other guys, you'll say, you're going to get drafted, but it's going to be, I don't care. I don't care how it is. Well, it's going to be late. I don't care. You're saying I'm getting drafted? I just want to, yeah, I don't want to get it drafted in the NFL. Well, wherever that is, some players will, I want to be drafted in the NFL, and they'll go. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn would get drafted. We agree on that, right? Yes. This year? Somewhere, yes. So I don't know where. Middle round, I think. But fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. Be, he could be a steal there, though, too. And and I just – I mean, what, what are you doing to – I know that you could come back, be featured, have bigger numbers and all this stuff, but, but what does that really do for your stock? It's hard – I know sometimes you can improve your stock. You can improve your game tremendously in whatever sport it may be from one year to the next. I just, with Keyshawn Vaughn, I think he's got the ability right now to go on a Sunday and be a guy for an NFL well, team. Well, and that'll be one of those things where Derek Mason started, I think it was last year with uh, Ralph Webb, maybe it was before that, Zach Cunningham, where they um, where he brings in agents, agents that he knows. Oh, yeah, there will be feedback, yeah. of and, course. And, and he brings them in and brings in juniors that could possibly go, and he sits down with them, and they have a long talk with a lot of agents and go over presentations. And I think – those guys come out of those meetings then saying, okay, now I think I'm going to go, or eh, I don't feel so good about it. And that's that's maybe when Keyshawn Vaughn decides. But I think Jared Pinkney's gone, and I think he should be. And Shermer's gone, we know that for sure. And, I, again, it's just next year it looks like tough sledding to me. You break in a new quarterback. You never know. There's You're, things that we don't know. But and, it looks like tough sledding. It looks like this year, man, you got to – capture this opportunity and offensively left tackle justin school i think's a senior bruno reagan may there may be their best offensive lineman center guard he's gone so you're gonna another thing if you're Keyshawn vaughn yeah you're looking at next year and who's in front of you and you're breaking a bunch you know i mean there's a lot that goes into this bottom line gigantic gigantic game against Ole miss coming up and then we'll see where vandy is for the for the tennessee game let's uh let's switch to basketball So you maybe have changed a little bit. Let's start with Stephanie White's team. You've changed a little bit on how you view this team, perhaps, after the Austin P game. Yeah, so after the – I covered the Austin P game. They won 99-70. That was Monday night. Before that game, I covered – we covered the MTSU game. I didn't. I was in Missouri. The North Alabama game, first ever Division One game for North Alabama, they win that uh, – they beat Vandy in that one, UNA. And I kind of came out of that saying this is going to be a bad team. There's just there's no cohesion. I don't I don't think they know exactly what they are. I, I've 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 turned a little bit after this one. Now Austin P is not very good. They're a 500 team last year, I think. But I see pieces there. Anytime you see a team that's struggling, you have to say, is there a formula for that team to win? I'm convinced that there's a formula and there's personnel there that the Vandy women can win. I don't know if they will or not, but, you know, Autumn Newby had 30 in the first game. She's a rangy, long, athletic big. She's not going to give you a lot of 
a lot of numbers every night, but some nights she can. Uh, Mariella Fasula, Fa as they call her, Boston College transfer, one of the top 20 centers in the country. Skilled um, player. Skilled, a skilled big, a post, really good passer. She had 25 and 9 last night, and that was only in three quarters. If you have those two, and, and Stephanie said it after the game, that she said, I haven't really had two bigs like that since I've been here, which is which is true. And then Chelsea Hall's a very skilled perimeter player, can drive the ball. They have a shooter in Sierra Walker. They have two five-star freshmen they brought in. Jordan Cambridge is still coming off a knee injury, but she'll she'll develop. I think Brene Alexander, the Riverdale girl, will turn into a pretty good player. So she's an athletic they play her at the 3-4, but she's an athlete. Their issues right now are the first two games, those real good bigs get into foul trouble. The guards could not stop dribble penetration, and then that would you know, leave those bigs up to basically fouling. And if you can't stop penetration, your bigs are going to get in foul trouble pretty quick. That's what happened. If they can fix that, they can play better defense on the perimeter, I think there's enough talent there to win games. I, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a formula for that team to win. Last year, I wasn't sure that there was a formula. Yeah, I mean, you'd like them to obviously have a little more depth because that's the thing. You, you can't afford to lose anyone. I mean, it's you know very thin numbers in terms of roster and scholarship players, but they, they do have some good players. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to play with, I think it's NC State, and then they, I mean, they play UConn. They'll get drilled in that one. They've got to win some games around Christmas, and then they've got to be competitive in some games in the SEC. You're not going to be really good in the SEC. They're just not. But they can be competitive. I mean, Fasula can score on any team in the SEC, I think, once she kind of gets into the groove of things. I think Newby can to some extent. Chelsea Hall can. I think this team should get better. Now, if they don't get better and you've got that kind of talent, that goes back to coaching, especially on the defensive end. The other basketball team at Vanderbilt, Adam, I, uh, you know, neighbor got uh, the Pac-12 network. It was, a, it was a big event in the neighborhood. You got it, really. You watched it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, well, I was in it. and out of the free service. I would get five minutes of it and then switch over. And there was some buffering, but but for the most part, it worked pretty well. And actually, it was fantastic because Bill Walton on the call was just tremendous. I mean, oh. he's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's talking about like Grateful Dead concerts at you know at Vanderbilt nineteen seventy two. And actually, he, his knowledge of the team very impressive. But I, I'm telling you, this is can't miss you know viewing for me. Like I'm taking my kids to the Friday game against Alcorn State, bringing canned goods. By the way, it's a, it's a food drive, so bring canned goods. I believe you get a free ticket for a certain number of canned goods. But we're, I'm just like, I'm going to make my kid, like, watch this team. You are going to be entertained right now. Now, one of the three actually is excited about this, but all of them, you're going to watch this team, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I, I don't want to miss a game of this team, Adam, because there are going to be like a couple plays every game where you're like, oh my gosh, like Simi Chateau getting ripping on a defensive rebound and coming down like the the coast-to-coast play he made against usc was something else darius garland made a few plays you're just like are you kidding me now they also made some freshman plays and there were mistakes and this hero ball is way too prevalent with this team but that's a big win that's a true road win they got a chance to stack some wins and win some games i'm going to be interested to see adam which of the national pundits out there finally starts to notice this team? Because seriously, this is a this is a team that should be ranked right now. Well, there. Uh, I mean, we agree there'll be six and zero after four more games because they've got Alcorn State, Liberty, Kent State, Savannah State. They win those four. They're six and zero. By the way, this schedule works out wonderfully for them because 
Yeah, they made some boneheaded mistakes against USC, but they still pulled out the win. They made some clutch plays in the yeah. second and then late in the game. But now you've got four teams that you should be able to beat where you can work out the kinks. I think that was the thing that I would take away from the USC game is this is still a team that needs to go through some growing pains, but there's a lot of talent there. Well, now you've got four games essentially can be looked at as practice. Of, I mean, you still got to play well, but you can work out a lot of that stuff. And if you come out of that four more games – then you've got NC State, which is a quality team. Uh, Middle Tennessee's down this year, but you'll still get a good effort from them. Um, Arizona State is good. Yeah, that's, a, that's an Kansas attractive Sta- game. Kansas State is real good. So, I mean, you've got a stretch there. NC State, Middle, Arizona State, Kansas State. Kansas and, State is a popular little Final Four pick for a lot of people, actually, yeah. like a dark horse Final Four team. they got to bring everybody back from a really good Elite Eight team. And so this is a really kind of th- – this this is kind of a stair-step game. You know, these next few, you, you're basically getting ready for the stretch run around Christmas where you're going to prove whether or not you're a top 10, top 15 team. Because they'll get – are you a voter this year? Are you a top 20? I am not, thankfully. Okay. But well, I would be voting for them right now. Yeah, I mean, they got four votes this week. You know, they'll go to 3-0, and 4-0, and 5-0, 6 and 6-0, they're probably up in the poll. We're pretty close, I would think. And then all it would take is winning that. I mean, if you're 6-0 and and you beat NC State, then you're probably ranked if you're not already, especially with, with some of the, uh, you know, some of the attention that this team is getting because the five stars. So, I mean, it's I like the narrative of this team because it seems like we're going to have something to talk about about them every week. Um, I'm going to sit down, by the way, with Aaron Neesmith this week, and he's the lost – the lost four star out of this. Bunch. He had some good moments at USC. He can he can shoot it, and he's going to develop. And uh, I, don't, I don't I I see this team only getting better from here on out. I don't really see a, a step back. If I were Bryce Drew, and clearly I'm not, I'm, I would could never ever be that nice. But if mm-hmm. I were Bryce Drew, I would take this USC film and I would cut it up in terms of of hero ball possessions. There are about ten or so in this game. And, I mean, Matt Ryan, my goodness, that guy needs a conscience. It's like someone's got to give him a conscience. You're open at 40 feet. <laughs> you know, but, you know, Garland, Shitu, Joe Toy, there were, again, probably about 10 possessions where it was just sort of like, eh, nothing really happening and just jack something up. And Neesmith had one. Like off the glass or spin move, and you're like, "What are you doing?" AAU, that's AAU. Yeah, but it was just like. But the, the crazy thing is, if you took those possessions out and just had them move their bodies, move the ball like they did most of the game, I think they blow USC out. You know, but to your point, I mean, they have a long thing. They, they have a lot of improvement ahead of them that they can do. Those possessions at times, you're just like, "What is going on here?" But then you'll see, you know some of the cohesion and some of the chemistry with some of these guys getting the ball to each other, some tr- tremendous passes too. You know, it, it's, it's really interesting, but well, it's fun. It's fun to watch in all aspects. I think that's the upside downside of having an athletic lineup of kind of tweener type guys, because if you've got your 6'10 guy, Chateau, bringing the ball up the floor, and then you've got two dynamic guards, and then guys like Joe Toy, that's a guy that can play guard, but he plays at a four sometimes. You've got, you know, their offense is essentially whoever gets the ball, go, and everybody go. And sometimes when you do that, I think you can have guys that think, I have to go. There's no pulling back. There's no being a little more conservative. And so I think they've got to they've got maybe be a little more, just a little smarter. Yeah, just, and, yeah, and just when they dial it back at times, when they get into some of these SEC games, I mean, there's they're going to have to run stuff with precision in the half court. They're not going to be able to just go up and down. I mean, I mean, I I will say though, she too, 
is an amazing rebounder. I don't think that's a fluke so far. I've been trying to think of the comparison. Bryce Drew has said Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. and I get that because he's big, but he's, he can do so much with the ball and all that. But he actually reminds me – it finally came to me the other night who he reminds me of. He reminds me in some ways of Chris Webber. Now, yeah. he's not as powerful, but just like Chris Webber, if Shitu's in that circle, he's getting the ball. His hands – we talk about all these other skills. I think his hands are incredible. Like he has catcher's miss for hands and he is getting the ball every time. And that, even when you're not a great defensive team, if you have a guy like that as a defensive rebounder, I mean, that means a lot and an offensive rebounder as well, but uh, he's uh he's something else. And you know, you, you, you think right now he's better than Garland, right? Well, I'd say I don't even like, I mean, it's just totally different. I mean, I think Garland, you see the, he had an explosive move to the rim late in that game, and then he had the the drive with the lefty finish, and you're just like, yeah. I mean, that's who who can deal with that? Actually, Bill Walton came with the Chris Paul comparison, and I like that one. I hadn't okay. thought about that one, but he does remind me of Chris Paul as a college player. Yeah, there there are some. So, so I don't know if I necessarily. I think they're both pros. Two games in. Man, I hate to be like the guy in the Vandy podcast who's like, everyone, go to the pros. Go. See you later. You're all going to the pros. But I think I think they're both going to be pretty well regarded by the pro people this after year. this year. Yeah. And and I and I and I think with Shito, I expected that Garland, I didn't. But I don't know if I think one's better than the other. I think they're both potentially just special at their positions by the way on that vandy has taken the this five-star class and rolled it into at least another pretty good class signing day this week is wednesday dylan Dessou, a 6'8 power forward and austin crowley 6'5 shooting guard uh, both four-star guys and you know it's vandy has pulled in four four stars before but i think it's going to become the norm right now and that's the thing. I mean, even if let's say they lose, uh, you know, Garland and she too. I mean, you still have some good players who are developing. I like what I'm seeing from Cleveland Brown. I think he's a lot more athletic this year. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he. I think he also looks more athletic with the guys he can play with that are more athletic. Makes sense. But I mean, like a Nee Smith and a, and a Saban Lee. I mean, they've got some guys who are going to be around who are getting better. And you do you want to. Look, man, if you can bring in five stars who are going to the NBA every year, great. I mean, John Calipari does it. Not many programs can can make a living on that. I don't think Vandy will. But if you, you know, all these coaches talk about, quote-unquote, getting old, and Bryce Drew's still setting things up to, quote-unquote, get old with good players. Yeah. And, and those can be really good teams, just like, you know, two years ago when things clicked for that team that, you know, ended up getting making a run to the NCAA tournament. But this particular team, you know, it is one of those – moments in time where it's like boy you got an opportunity and uh that's going to be it's going to be fun to see what they do i guess we could just keep talking about this on and on but you know we'll have to see, just, some, I, we'll have to I, see some more games I, I think one thing out of the alcorn state game is just there will be a lot of highlights that's a guarantee now we've seen this team for two games the the guarantee that you can make for every game for this team is there will be a lot of highlights a lot of highlights and at least one Matt Ryan heat check. He will check the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, that's. I think. I think we've done a pretty robust podcast there. So enjoy the football games, the basketball games, and we'll be back next week on breaking down the doors.